you're able to remain standing, please remain standing and turn with me in your copies of God's Word to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians 12, we'll begin our reading at verse 1, and we'll read through verse 11. Here now the Word of God, it is infallible, it is inerrant, it is God speaking to us. So let us pay close attention. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as He wills. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the Word of our God endures forever. You may be seated. Last Sunday evening, we finished up with 1 Corinthians 11. And we heard the instructions that Paul had received and had given to the church at Corinth concerning the Lord's Supper. We also saw the danger in coming to the table of the Lord. As we come in in just a little while to the table, we need to understand that we need to be prepared to come to the table. And if we come in an unworthy manner... There is a real danger in that. And then we heard a a plea for unity. As the Corinthians would come to the table. And so again, in this section, beginning in 1 Corinthians 11, all the way through chapter 14, Paul is dealing with issues concerning worship at the church of Corinth. In the early part of chapter 11, he dealt with with head coverings by women. Over the last few weeks, we've been hearing Paul's instructions concerning the Lord's Supper. And tonight, we begin to hear Paul's instructions concerning spiritual gifts. Paul deals with these spiritual gifts all the way to the end of chapter 14. And as we have already seen in this area... As in others, there seems to have been a problem at the church of Corinth. 
It seems that the church of Corinth had a, a real problem with people exercising their spiritual gifts in the worship of God and doing so in such a way that was, it was leading to great disorder in worship and in the church. At the end of chapter 14, Paul says this, but all things should be done decently and in order. That is the Presbyterian motto, is it not? We are to do all things decently and in order. And this especially is true concerning worship. And so in the church of Corinth, it seems that many were, were lording their spiritual gifts over others and, and that they were wanting to be heard over others. And all this was being done not for the glory of God, but to the glory of man. Again, worship is not about us. Worship is about the God whom we have gathered to worship tonight. Worship is what pleases God. Worship is how we may glorify God rightly as we gather together on the Lord's Day. And because of the divisions and because of the way these spiritual gifts were, were being exhibited in the church, Paul now writes to correct them. And so there are three things I want us to see here tonight in, in our text. And the first is this, unity in Christ. In the first three verses, that's what Paul is calling the church of Corinth to. Unity in Christ. Now in verse 1 he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. He says, I do not want you to be unaware Paul wants the church to understand certain things concerning these spiritual gifts that were given by the Spirit to the church of Corinth. He wants them to have a right knowledge concerning these gifts. Now, as believers in Christ, we need to understand we need to have a right knowledge of, of all of God's Word. What is the purpose of God's Word? It is to reveal truth. The Word of God is truth. It is God's truth to us. It is undeniable truth. And so the Word of God reveals that truth to those to whom it is written. Paul, again, calls the church of Corinth brothers. Yes, this church had many problems. But yet he did not see them any differently than as brothers and sisters in Christ. And in verse 2, he reminds them of what they once were. You know that when you are pagans, you are led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Paul here is contrasting the Corinthian pagans of yesterday with the Corinthian Christians of today. He reminds them in this verse of what they were. They were pagans. They were unbelievers. They hated God. They hated Christ. They were dead in their sins and trespasses. And not only were they, they pagan, were pagans, Paul says, they were led astray to mute or dumb idols. Idols are, are mute. They are dumb. They, they have no power behind them because they... They represent no real God. 
And we know because God has revealed it to us, there is one true God of heaven and earth. It is the God whom we worship tonight. All other gods, all other religions other than biblical Christianity are false gods and false religions. The Corinthians used to serve these dumb idols. But they also used to say this about Jesus. Jesus is accursed. An anathema. Now we know that unbelievers today do the same thing. They hate God. They, they hate Christ. They may well worship their, their dumb idols. Many will uh, use the name of, of God and of Jesus and a curse word they they curse the very Lord who would save them if they merely would come to Him in faith and repentance. And that's what they once were. And so we have a contrast. And Paul has given us this contrast in this letter before between those who are of the flesh and those who are of the Spirit. It is a contrast between those who try to come and know God by their own wisdom and those who come to know God through the preaching of the cross. He says in verse 3, Therefore I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. If someone is not a Christian, then they are an enemy of Christ. If someone has no true faith in the Lord, they are ultimately against Christ. And in effect, they are antichrist. And John tells us there are many antichrists. We, we think of and, and look at the world today. And in a very real sense, our government now is antichrist, anti-Christian. In many ways, our government is against Jesus and against the church. No one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse. No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Spirit. So if you hear someone say Jesus is a curse, you know this, they're not a believer. If you hear someone say Jesus is Lord, you know this, that, that they have been changed by the Holy Spirit. So Paul wants the Corinthians to see that their unity is found in the Christ and the Lord whom they confess. And so is ours. Our unity is found in Christ. Second of all, Paul then speaks of a, a variety of gifts, but how we have the same Spirit and the same Lord. Paul says in verse 4, Now there are, uh, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Spirit, And Paul is going to list some of those gifts that were present in Corinth at that time. There are certain gifts that Paul is going to focus on here. Now, we need to be very careful and we need to understand. And we'll look at these gifts very quickly. We won't be able to go into great detail, but we'll have an overview of these gifts that Paul gives us tonight. But not all 
of these gifts still operate in the church today. Now the Pentecostals and the Charismatics, they will say that they do, but they don't. Why, why is that? Why or how do we know, it, know that? Because now we have the full revelation of God given to us in the Bible. And the day when Paul wrote this, those gifts were, were being used by God to reveal new revelation to the church. As Paul writes this letter, he's writing a part of the New Testament. The New Testament has not yet been completed at this time. And so those gifts were needed for the church, for the growth of the church, for the establishment of the church. But now we have the Scriptures. We no longer need those gifts. Turn over for a moment to 1 Corinthians 13. And we'll come back to this in a few weeks. But I want you to notice what Paul says. 1 Corinthians 13 is the chapter of love. Verse 8, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Now, now Paul is showing us there that there are some things that would come to an end. Why? Because the perfect has come. We have before us tonight the whole revelation of God, and it is sufficient. But Paul wants the church to understand that though there are varieties of gifts, there is one Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. And every one of us tonight who are Christians, we have the Holy Spirit living within us. And the Holy Spirit does many things, but one particular job. And what is that? It leads the people of God in all truth. The Holy Spirit will never contradict the Word. So Paul recognizes that the church, there are a variety of gifts, but want the same Spirit. He goes on, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. When we think of service, there are different ways we can serve the Lord in the church, aren't there? Now one way we can all serve the Lord in this church is by praying. As a service to God. And that is a benefit for the church. So we all should be praying. But there are other ways that we can serve the Lord. Just as not all the gifts of, are the same. Not all service is the same. But there are varieties of service. But the same Lord. Now Paul refers to the Spirit. Now he refers to Jesus. The service that is done in the church is done for the glory of and in the name of Christ. It is done to advance His kingdom. It is not done to advance our own agendas. In verse 6, he continues on, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. Again, there are different activities in the church. In a few months, in a little over a month, we'll begin a new activity. 
that we pray that the Lord will bless an after school Bible club and we pray that God would, would help us in that to reach the children around us in this community. And Paul says that there are a variety of activities in the church, but the same God. And so Paul has reminded the church of Corinth and us tonight that the church that we serve and worship here tonight is the triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Whatever takes place in the church of Christ, it is God who empowers them all in the church. And so Paul shows us that the triune God is always at work in the church. And, and the triune God, uh, each person of the Godhead, is working together for the advancement of the church to the glory of Christ. They're not against one another, are they? The triune God is working for the same purpose. What is that purpose? It is simply this, the salvation of God's elect. From eternity past, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit entered into a covenant of redemption whereby they said, we will do all that is necessary to save the elect of God. God the Father chose the elect. God the Son came in due time and He died for the elect. And God the Holy Spirit then applies the salvation of Christ to the elect in God's timing. That's why we worship tonight. That's why we, we do missions as a church. That's why we support missionaries, is it not? To see the salvation of the elect of God. Then the third thing that Paul brings out tonight is this, that the spiritual gifts that God gave to the church of Corinth were for the common good of the church. Verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now this manifestation of the Spirit simply means that which the Spirit makes manifest. So Paul wants them to understand the gifts that they were given were not given for rivalry. They were not given for jealousy. One is not to say, well, look at my gift. My gift is better than yours. No, they were given for the common good of the church. Spiritual gifts are always given to be used but they are given to be used in such a way that they edify the whole body of believers and not some individual possessor of a gift. And that tells us a little something about what is going on in Corinth, isn't it? And we'll get to that uh, next week, Lord willing, because there was a real division in the church concerning the, the body. Yes, one body with, with many members, but some didn't understand that the part they were was very important in the life of the church. Now Paul gives a list of the spiritual gifts that were found in Corinth. Now there may well have been others, but 
that were given, but this is what Paul, as he is led by the Holy Spirit, to focus upon. The first is the utterance or word of wisdom. In verse 8, for to one it's given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And this seems to be a temporary gift like the apostleship. It has to do with the communication of, of spiritual wisdom. Much of what we find contained in the epistles. So God gave to certain men the ability to, to take the wisdom of God and and write it down as it was in the early days, necessary in the early days when the church did not yet possess the New Testament. We need to understand that. There was a time where the New Testament that we're reading tonight did not exist, but the church did. And so God gave to some a word of wisdom that they could go and preach and teach the church until the full revelation of God was complete. The second is the utterance or word of of knowledge. This has to do with truth of a more practical character. It's like the, the practical sections of the epistles. This too was a temporary gift because now we have the Word of God. It is sufficient. Third is faith in verse 9. Now, this is not to be confused with saving faith. This is the faith that manifests itself in unusual deeds of trust in God. And I believe this is a gift that we still have today, the gift of faith. You see sometimes in, in godly saints who are going through very difficult times and their trust in God is, is off the charts. Their faith will not be shaken. It will not waver. They will trust their God uh, come hell or high water. To have such a faith to serve our God. Fourth, we have gifts of healing mentioned in verse 9. This gift of healing that Paul speaks of is the gift that provides restoration of life. The Word of God tells us and teaches us divine healing according to a pattern. The Bible does not speak of divine healers. It does not speak of faith healers. It speaks of a, a pattern by which God heals. And, and how is that? It was mentioned in the book of James. If one is sick, who are they to call for? They're to call for the elders. And the elders are to come and lay hands on that person and pray for them. And even if so be, anoint them with oil. And you see a lot of faith healers out there. If you just have enough faith, if you just trust in what I'm telling you, you'll be healed of every disease. And none of them can heal a thing. Now, how do we know that? Well, by the way, these men are protected. I may have shared this with you before, but... Years ago, Benny Hinn was in Greenville, South Carolina. I went to the place where he was going to be that night to get tickets for a concert. First time I'd ever been in the building. I saw an open door. I went in. Not two minutes into my walk, I noticed I'm walking behind Benny Hinn. 
And out of nowhere, a security guard comes and berates me for being there and being so close. Now, why is that? Well, they know and we know that Benny Hinn has no power to heal anyone. He's a charlatan. Just like all the others on TBN. They are charlatans. They're, they're false preachers and prophets. And they're not to be listened to. But God does heal. But He does so in the way that He tells us in His Word. Uh, send for the elders. Have the elders come and pray for you. The fifth gift is the working of miracles mentioned in verse 10. Now we know that the apostles had this gift. We don't have it today. The apostles had this gift of working miracles. They had this gift from time to time in order to establish the, the power of Christ and His gospel as the church was growing. Six is prophecy. Now the type of prophecy that Paul speaks of is the gift of, of foretelling or foretelling new revelation from God. This too was a, a temporary gift. We don't need it today, do we? We have the complete Word of God before us. The canon is complete. There is no new revelation that God needs to give to us tonight. Sola Scriptura. We believe that. At least we say we do. Scripture is sufficient. The proclamation and teaching of the completed revelation of God, the Bible, that is the task today. The seventh gift mentioned is the discerning of the spirits. I believe this is still around today, but this is done how? By the Spirit and through the Word. We have the ability to discern the spirits of this world. The Spirit of God and the Spirit of Satan. The Holy Spirit helps us in that. As we see someone or something, we can many times know whether or not they are saying Jesus is accursed or Jesus is Lord. And then the final two gifts, tongues and the interpretation of tongues mentioned in verse 10. These gifts also were, were temporary. The, the gift of tongues and interpretation, interpre, interpre, interpretation of tongues. I'll get it out in a moment. Dealt with known languages. Not to static utterances. We see this back in Acts chapter 2, don't we? The Holy Spirit came upon the apostles and they, they preached in their native tongue and God used His Holy Spirit so that all who heard could hear it in their native tongue. It doesn't speak of ecstatic utterances that no one knows what is being spoken of. Some gibberish like a baby. You see, the problem with those who, who say they speak in tongues and interpret tongues today is that they are stating that God is giving a new revelation. Again, which is not needed. But for the church of Corinth, all of these gifts were very real. And they were needed in the church at that time. And God had given them to the church. And in verse 11, Paul says, All, of, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. 
Paul brings out the unity of the divine purpose in the expression one and the same Spirit. It is the one God who gives them all to the church. Now the gifts were not to be set over and against one another as though their possessors were rivals. And again, that's part of the problem in Corinth. They were saying, well, look at my gift. My gift is better than yours. Almost like children, right? My toy is better than yours. My gift is better than yours. God loves me more than you. Paul says, not at all. The Spirit gives to each man and God deals with us as individuals. God does not hand out gifts indiscriminately, but meets the needs and the capacities of each. He gives as He wills. Now what application can we make tonight? Well, first of all, I think this passage has something to say to us about the modern Pentecostal charismatic movement. The modern Pentecostal charismatic movement says that all of these gifts still operate today. We don't believe that as a church. We don't believe that as a denomination. But when they say that, they fail to realize something. They fail to realize that God has given to us His completed revelation. We need no new revelation tonight. If you ever hear someone say, I have a new revelation from God, run away. Because their message is not from God. There are some Pentecostals and Charismatics that deny what, God, what Paul brings out, and that is the, the triune nature of the, of the one true God. And so there are many dangers that we need to be aware of. No new revelation from God is given today. Scripture is complete. Scripture is sufficient for us as the church. It is our only rule of faith and practice. We need nothing else. Second, in the church today, we know that there, we have certain gifts. Some of them have been mentioned tonight. Some still operate. Not all, but some do. There are certain service and certain activities that takes place in the church, but we need to understand all of these are to be used for the unity of the church and the glory of the triune God. The church of Corinth was greatly divided. Part of that division was over these gifts. And Paul says, do not let it divide you anymore. And he's going to continue to teach them the importance of coming together by the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same Father, by uh, coming together in that Spirit of unity. Whatever we do for the church, whatever we do for Christ, we should never do it for ourselves. It's not about us. About Christ. Again, as we said this morning, one way to keep down jealousy is what? To understand what Paul tells us in Philippians. We're to count others more important than ourselves. We're to view others as more important than ourselves. When we do that, that will keep down the jealousy, won't it? 
It will humble us and we will see the importance of, 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 of what we are to do in the church. It is to be all for the glory of Christ and our God. And then finally tonight, once we were pagans, once we were idolaters, once we were haters of God, but now by the grace of God, we are believers. We have been brought to Jesus. We love God now because He first loved us. And we no longer say Jesus is a curse, but we say Jesus is Lord. Now, how did that happen? Well, it wasn't because of what we did. It wasn't because we decided to follow Jesus. No. It was because God chose us and loved us. And by His Holy Spirit gave us a new heart and brought us to faith in His Son. You see, not only does the Spirit, the same Spirit, in the days of Corinth, give to them certain gifts, but He gives individually as He wills those whom the Father tells Him to give salvation in Christ. And this table is for those who have, who have faith in Jesus. As we come to the table tonight, we should always come thankful. We should always come giving thanks to our God because of the fact that He has saved us and redeemed us. If we do not come with a thankful spirit tonight, we are not coming in a worthy manner. But also, if we do not come in faith, we do not come. And we are not to come without faith. And so do you have faith tonight? If not then ask God to give you the gifts of faith and repentance. And if you do that, then God is at work in you and He's changing your heart and cry out unto the Lord for salvation. For the rest of us, we come to this table tonight and we rejoice that we who were once pagans and unbelievers and the worshipers of false, dumb, mute idols have been brought into the family of the one true and living God. May God add His blessing to the reading, hearing, and preaching of His Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank You tonight that You have saved and redeemed many of us here. And I pray, first of all, for those who are not redeemed, that You would do a work in them now and bring them to faith in Jesus. Oh God, may we use our service to you for your honor and glory, not our own. And as we come to the table now, may we come in faith, may we come trusting solely in Jesus and Him alone as He has freely offered to us in the gospel. Bless us with this means of grace here this evening. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.